You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Making Waves Welcome, everyone, to this special edition of Making Waves with our guest, someone you guys really might be interested in. You've probably seen him on the boat, but he's kind of in the shadows a lot. Anyway, it's our talent yeah. buyer, Roger LeBlanc. Alan doesn't like me. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, welcome, Al. Uh, welcome, obviously, Roger. Well, say hello, Roger. This is your first time with hello, us. Hello, Roger. Hello, Roger. There you go. Hey, and, Justin. of course, the, the captain, Alan, has joined us as well. And did Al disappear? And Al, I guess he did. And I guess right, he left. And of course, you guys know Chad Nicefield. He's the hostess well, with the hello. mostest. Hi, there how you are you guys? Hi. Good to see so you. So anyway, uh, well, tonight, guys, welcome. We're going to do this live. So uh, obviously, we wanted to bring Roger and Alan on because we were always talking about the lineup. And uh, they're going to give you a breakdown on how the process is, how this happens, what the genesis of it all is, and how they go through talking to agents is not and bands. This year. Do what? Genesis is not booked this year. Sorry. But everyone seems to cover Phil Collins, so I think no, we're okay. Yeah, Phil Play Collins up. is booked. And Very quickly, if you say you don't like Phil Collins, you're a liar. Yeah. Everyone likes Phil Collins. And we're going to spank yeah. you. Anyway, so, guys, if you have well, questions. Just went, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> if you have questions, go ahead and, uh, and pose those to us, and we'll get to them. Uh, we expect we're going to get the number one question, which, which is a lineup. Yeah, not gonna happen. Not gonna. That happen. won't happen. But we're gonna give you some news regarding the lineup. We'll give you some news regarding the lineup. Which, again, we're always about giving you guys new news, even if it's not actual news, but it is somewhat newsy. Well, I'll that break the news really now. Terrible. We're really close. We're really very close to announcing the lineup. We're very close to announcing the lineup. We're very excited about this year's lineup. That well, twenty-two lineup. I don't know what year it is anymore. What year is it, Chad? Twenty twenty-one. It's twenty-one. Is yeah. it? Okay. Uh, we're very close to uh, having a lineup to announce, so stay tuned yeah. for that. Anyway, well, we wanted to bring him on um, uh, for a long time now, so we're just glad Roger made it. Roger right now is in the midst of doing a uh, American tour in his RV and with his dog, um, and he seems to be having a grand time. But the rest of us are holding down the fort. So yes. well, Alan's in his RV. Well, Alan is actually in his RV in his oh. driveway. So Sorry, I guess that's mind. traveling. Chad, Chad had an RV a minute ago, but I don't know what happened. Yeah, it, it, I got well, actually, Chad second. had one, but it's somewhere uh, in, I guess, in flames. There you go, in Boulder. Ooh. This is my real old RV burning down in right outside of Boulder. <laughs> yeah, oh, I also have a puppy. dog, Justin. I have my dog. 
in oh, the RV. and welcome everyone. That is Luna. That is the wonderful uh-huh. little Luna, which we have you, decided in uh, in Spanish is moon or what are we going with? It's my dog filter. Launch. There goes. Oh her my head. god, headless dog. Bear with me, guys. I'm trying to. Uh, I don't want to do that. I am trying to get my other computer online so I can answer your questions. I think we should just all gonna be the make up questions. questions what's the lineup? No, hmm. there might be some other ones they were going to want to know. But basically, uh, Roger, while I'm doing this, could you please give a breakdown of who you are, what you've done, and how you came to be a part of this family? Well, I think I got into this business probably because um, it was penance for some misdeed that I did somewhere along the line. <laughs> um, but I was uh, fortunate enough when I moved to Nashville about 12 years ago to find a little office space uh, with Big Al and um, in his building at the time. And uh, I was going to say Little Al, but that probably isn't going to work. Um, and other Al. Alan had uh, his office there and we became friends and we got to talking about booking and bands. And at the time he was doing all the booking for Shiprock. And I think this was year two, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I remember we, you, you shared an office space with Alan and I, cause yeah. Alan was the only guy I had working for me at the time, basically. And, or no, he wasn't <laughs> even working for me. He yet. wasn't working for you. They had, had the, yeah, he had his big show, company. big show co or yeah. And I didn't have any employees yet. And uh so I had an office kind of adjacent to you and him. Mm-hmm. And um you and I went to lunch one day. I had no idea what you did. And we went to lunch one day and and uh I was like, What do you do? And you said, Oh, well, I'm a talent booker. I said, Oh, really? I said, <laughs> Have you ever booked a cruise before? You said no. And I said, Well, let's talk about it. So we did. And uh, and that developed our relationship, and you've been our talent bar. I think you're right. Since year, yeah, it's about ten years. Three, I think it was the third year. I think the third year. Yeah, you had done the first two, yeah. and honestly, I mean, as most of my clients turn out to be, uh, became very frustrated with the process and dealing with the agents and the uh, the, the stuff that we we love our agents. We love them. No, I mean it's just sometimes the process, and you know, we've all got our clients to to do work for as uh, anybody who's familiar with this business knows is uh, we all live to serve the artists and uh, that is our humble joy. Um, There's no sarcasm in that none whatsoever. That's the truth. Um, So anyway, we became, you know, we did that first year and we've started, you know, creating, I think uh, we've evolved since then. We, uh, when I started, I remember it was a lot of the 80s stuff and a lot of the uh, 80s hairband things. And not that any of that is not good because I think we we enjoyed doing some of that stuff. Um, Jeff Tate was definitely a guest of ours for many years. And we've kind of evolved now. And I think every year we look to to stretch our wings a little bit and evolve the lineup. And I love working. Alan and I work together on it. And um, what I love, and I have about 20 clients, well, had up until last March, um, about 20 clients. And, you know, what I love about working with Alan is it's a, it's a, it's really a joint process. And he's really intelligent about, uh, what he's trying to do with the cruise. There's always a reason. It's not, Hey, I want to book my favorite band. You know, sometimes there's one or two of those that we want to do. And we've gotten to the point where that can happen. Um, but it's about moving the cruise forward and moving the event and the lineup forward every year and evolving. 
And I think I mean, anybody I, who's been doing it. Yeah, I think if you came in second year or third, I forget. Third. Yeah, okay. So, I mean. It was still a half ship. We were on the um, the MSC Poesia, I think. Yeah, but you only did, I think you only did one half ship, right? One half ship, yep. Okay. So, I mean, this the year before you, I mean, really, you, you know, you do mention the '80s, and you're correct. We had some artists in the in the in the headline slots that were eight, that were sort of the '80s rock artists. But I mean, the second year we had Seven Dust, Blackstone Cherry, Ten Years, Drowning Cool. Yeah. So in the third year, uh, when you joined us, we ended up with uh, Queens Reich, Buck Cherry, Hell Yeah, Candlebox, Living Color. So I mean, we it, you know we 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 had some of that '80s stuff in it, but it's always been a it's always been a hard rock cruise. I mean, yeah. I, you, you know my my sort of philosophy and my mantra on this, which is that it's it's about great hard rock music, not beholden to subgenre or or generation. Yeah, and, and, and so it's and it's quality. I mean, yeah, you know, I've I've had opportunities to book bands on ship rock that probably were good ticket sellers, good draws, but Alan didn't like the live show or didn't really feel good about them musically and we've moved on from them and well, um, that's, that's the I other like part that. of it that's the other part of it is i i want great live back acts yeah i mean i i there there have been there have been a handful of acts i wouldn't say a lot but there have been a handful of acts over the years that just don't really pull it off live and i, I mean that's no dissing them and great music but it, i want great live bands because that's what it is i mean no one goes up on stage to play their cds so I mean, at the end of the day, I, I want to know that the, the the bands that we're hiring and paying good money to are going to get up there and kill it, and and give our guests the best show that they can give. And and so you know, being able to play great live shows is always a big a big part of what you and I talk about. And we look we look on YouTube and we watch live performances and, and see how they are. If I well, I mean, so. we've even I can't you know I can't tell you that there's been a many a time that you've asked me to get you into shows in, in the Nashville area at times or something, just so you can see the live show, you and Al both. Um, and I, you know, I enjoy that. Yeah. That's kind of what I was getting at. A lot of our clients, when we, when we're working on these things, you know, they really just want to book their favorite bands a lot of times, or they don't really get the way uh, you made a comment to me earlier today, when we were talking about one of the bands on this year's lineup and you were talking about, um, uh, following the thread or, or threading the needle with respect to genres. And, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years and Alan's been in the business a long time too as a manager and different things, but rarely do I find uh, clients where they understand the importance of, of band A somehow working with band Z at the end of the day or all the bands, there needs to be a thread and it binds the lineup together. So you're not looking at this kind of thrown up lineup that really you can't find a reason it should be there together. And that doesn't necessarily, like Alan said, mean it has to be the genre. I mean, there's bands from the 60s that were influenced, you know, sorry, bands from today who are influenced by bands from the 60s. And I think it's or whenever. And it's it's really fun and interesting, I think, to to work those threads. So there's two sides of our business and that's the fun part. There's the artistic side, which I think that's probably the side Alan and I coordinate together on most of the time. And he leaves me the negotiating part a lot of times and gives me parameters to work with. And then you've got the business side, you know, the business side isn't always that sexy the or fun. 
um, the, uh, the artistic side. And there is an art to it of putting a lineup together, making it cohesive and making it uh, entertaining for the customers. That's the fun part. Yeah, I mean, and, and Chad knows. Chad, Chad's been a talent buyer for a club in, in Detroit for a long time. That's right. Yeah. Still is, or maybe was. I don't know. Chatty Daddy. But, Chatty Daddy. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I and, and Chad and I have even talked about the lineup this year. I mean, Chad, you know, I mean, I he kind of knows. Well, I mean, let's go back a little bit and let's talk about Chad. So, Roger, what, what did I tell you before, uh, or when I called you up that one day about Chad's band? He had, Chad was, a, for people who don't know, Chad was in a band called Wilson. If you, and, yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're familiar with you still with want to band, check us out, you know. You're on a band called Wilson that's been on Chicago. You Rock. always tell this story, Alan. And you, this is a great it's story. 90 per, it's 90% accurate. It's, you know? It is and 90% accurate. So what did I tell you? It's 90% accurate. You said so what, book when them I or called fire. You, you yeah, said right. book them or you're fired. However, so you, you always like to think you discovered them. They were pitched to me by their agency at the time. And I brought them to your attention. You did. And you, you did. said, book them or you're fired. Yeah, I did. You you sent me. And, a, and we a, all love them. I mean, truly, that has been one of the best experiences. And, you know, you bringing that up, the fact that we get to do that. Look at, you know, Bad Flower, who we brought on as kind of an early band. And there's a few others that we brought on as um, early in their careers. And then watching them evolve within Shiprock and also outside of Shiprock. And that's a blast. Yeah. I mean, I, that, well, I mean, that's, I, I come from an artist management background. And so, I mean, that's, that's probably the artist manager in me is, is finding these fun, cool, new young bands that I think people will totally dig and then really embracing them and, and trying to, you know, to do what we can with our little, you know, booze crews to help them, to help them out. But yeah. So Chad, I mean, I've told you the story, but I, I, Roger sent me your, one of your promo videos from Wilson and I called him up and I said, you book these guys or you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the funniest part about all of that is you're all like you're like 90 all 99 that's that side of it on my side of it i saw the thing get announced you know and at being a talent buyer in my office at the time i oh i pay attention to everything that's getting announced when it comes to like festivals because i'm thinking about what my calendar looks like and what's going to happen around who, you, area. Can, who and, you can pilfer from the bill or yeah or who i that's think what we do like, but I'm in yeah. Michigan, so at the time, Florida didn't really make sense. However, I saw that the act, the lineup of the, that year had an act uh, called Butcher Babies on it. And my agent at the time, uh, our agent still, when we broke broke up, was uh, Brian Vistano and Tim Bohr. Yeah. And Brian Vistano Love was repping. Uh, great, great man. Incredible human. Him and his wife are like the best, right? So he... He gets that same sort of version of what you you told um, Roger Al from me, but jokingly because I'm a baby band. But I'm like, hey, uh, I saw that Butcher Babies are playing this fest uh, on the on the seas called Ship Rock. What do you think the chances are that Wilson could do that? Knowing that, like, because I was that guy, I'll ask all the time, you know. And he's like, it's already booked, man. I'm like, okay, but can you ask? And then he's like, okay, what should, what do you want me to send them? And I sent them that video that you're talking about that we had made. And I said, I don't know. This is all we have to really show what we're about. They're probably going to think we're fucking crazy, but just see what they say. And he calls me the next day and he's like, all right, fucker, sit down. And I was like, what? what's up? And he's like, so it fucking worked. You got an offer to play that ship and they were already booked like at full capacity. Like no more bands were going to get added on, but somehow you, you, you they were. Um, into your video and actually you told Brian what um, 
Al had told Alan had told you because he says, and apparently the uh, the guy who 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 does the ship started the ship thinks you're pretty cool. And I was like, what? So that was like a big moment for us as as a band. I I tell Chad Alan all this all the time. What's up, Uh, Chad? You know what did what did being on Shiprock do for for Wilson? This is in, yeah, so, in different ways. I, I really and you know, give us the cliff notes version, but you know what I'm asking because there's many different <laughs> aspects of from a business and a personal perspective. So, 100%, I don't think anybody in Wilson till the day that we broke up didn't understand what that ship, the catalyst that that ship was for our uh, our career, how people looked at us after we got put on that lineup and what happened on the magic the magic of that boat in general was something that i still to this day have goosebumps thinking about because of all the years i was in bands you know from 18 touring in you know internationally to in another band to wilson never did i have that experience where nobody knows who you are and they're all paying attention and we played the atrium the first show and we never there's no i we were just like we're gonna party on this fucking boat and that's all we really cared about at that point. We didn't think that anybody was ever going to take Wilson, which by the way, started just to get free beer while some, one of the dudes was like in college, you know, it wasn't even supposed to be what it turned into. But when we played that, that day in the atrium, and I'm looking around, I'm like, why are so many fucking people in this room? And then I looked at some of the people. I'm like, why are the people that are like, are my fucking heroes in this room right now? And then the, the energy just got so intense for me personally that I like welted up. Like I, I, I started to like tear up like this is like real life, you know, like it's happening, like people care. And from that moment, people cared, not just in the ship rock world, which was massive for our band, but like other people started to book us and other people started to hear that about that show on that boat and their support uh, opportunities our band got because of it from them seeing us there. Like Chad, I want to, I kind of want to chime in for a second and, you know, again, doing it for a long time and you do, you also buy. So, you know, it's easy to get jade. And sure. I think one of the things that really endeared you guys to us and certainly to me personally was the way you guys went on the ship and self-promoted and really went out there. And like you say, you went on there to party, but you also were out there marketing your product. Uh, talking to people, making new fans before you even hit the stage. And I think that that's something that a lot of young acts can learn or could learn. Um, because we've, you know, Wilson's not the first young band that we've put on the ship, new band. And um, not all, they could, you know, you could, frankly, you could probably do do a, a class on that. And it would take them a long way because some of these acts are really good. But, you know, it's like the old saying goes, right? When a tree falls in the forest, does it, does it, you know, no one, does it really fall in the fall? Whatever that fucking saying is. But, <laughs> oh, is this PG? Sorry. Sorry. Does it make a sound? Yeah. Um, these bands that are good, it's like you can't just get on stage and play. You've got to let people know you're there. And I think you guys did that the whole cruise and endeared yourself. I mean, I remember watching the people leave that cruise with Wilson shirts on. And I know that your merch sales were great on that first ship for a band that nobody knew. So, well, some knew by the time we sailed. I will say, let's yeah. give credit yes. to our guests because 
one of the one of Good the point. really truly amazing, unique, wonderful things about this cruise is our community guests, and they are awesome. avid listeners. They are active listeners to music, and they buy merch, they buy CDs, they you know they they will spend their dollars to go see shows, um, and you know we. It's one of the weird things for me. Still to this day, I still have a hard time sort of believing and, and accepting that that you know that the people who go on our cruise uh, are are that amazing, <laughs> and they are. And the, I mean, I know that they are. I I believe that they are. But you know, we we I think you and I, Chad, you and I talked about this early on too, which is that we we booked you guys, and then all of a sudden you had a bunch of shiprock guests showing up at your shows. And I don't know that these were people that would have ever gone to a show or known about it or heard about it or whatever, but because we booked you guys that came to your show. And that's the kind of guests we have. I mean, if we book a band and all of a sudden they don't know about it or they haven't heard, they go and investigate it because they're invested in music. They love music. And and that's one of the reasons why we work so hard every year to make sure that the lineup that, that Roger and I work on every year, we think they'll love. We you know Everything from, from surveys of, of the bands that we, we know they know to the bands that we sort of find along the way and try to bring to their attention like we've done with Wilson and we've done with other bands too. And, you know, so, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I love working with Roger. You know, he, I probably don't pay him nearly enough. Thank you, Alan. But, uh, I love working with you, buddy, really. But, uh, but it's fun. I mean, this is honestly, this is, I think honestly, running the cruise is fun, putting together the cruise every year is great. But one of the most fun things for me is working with Roger to put the lineup together every year knowing that we've put together this incredible list of, of artists that that a our guests are going to love they've asked for they want and then the new stuff they've either we've not had on the ship or that they don't even know about so you know i i, I enjoy that part of it all right so we've we've co-opted the discussion here you guys have questions yeah. for one us. thing you know and and i like that we're doing this podcast and it's kind of cool that it's live not podcast or whatever it is. Well, it is um okay um because I think we have a couple of audiences, you know, obviously the, the Shiprock family, but there's also a lot of the artists and musicians and industry. And I don't think they always understand what it is um, that Shiprock is. And I'm going to do a terrible analogy here because I feel like it. And it's, you know, if when a band like a new band plays on Shiprock, a lot of times what we'll get is, hey, there's, you know, there's 2000 people, whatever it is, you know, however many cabins times two or whatever the number of people are on the ship. What's the big deal? Right. But imagine again, you know, you look at it like a virus. And if yes. there was 2400 people from all over, not only the United States, but Canada and other countries that get on that ship, they're going to spread that virus all over the world. And so for a new band, I'm sure you saw it. All of a sudden, you probably had fans in Canada and fans mm -hmm. in Sweden, right? Mm -hmm. And yes. fans in all over the United States. What other yeah. show, what other show Nothing. in the world could you play and that happen? Not even the large, not even getting like a premiere spot at like as a younger band at one of the festivals, Festival. you know, yeah. do you even have that, that, that return, you know, like I talk about this a lot about how special our environment and what you guys have created over the years and curated more importantly, because that the patience, I don't know if you, uh, I'm getting off top, topic here, but I'd have to say this with you, Roger, like, have you, and I'm sure you have ever heard this before. Oh, you're a talent buyer. 
I never met you before from one of the bands. Like when you're not, because most most people, like I, me, I they go have to no almost, idea what we do. Correct, and in the bands, they never meet. You know, the people in no. that are that are in, they never meet you or I. We're just like these weird people that don't, you know. Our job well, is and, like and never to be fair, Chad. Yeah, you know the saying: the mailman doesn't go for a walk on his day off. Yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of times we're not really looking to do that either. That being said. You know, Shiprock is one of the few things that I truly look forward to every year. And it's because of the Shiprock family. It's because of that dynamic. And so, so, you know, before COVID, I mean, literally, we were booking probably five to 7,000 shows a year all over the country, my team. And Shiprock is probably the only one I really wanted to go to. The rest I might, yeah. not the rest, but some of the others I went to. And that's testament to, you know, mostly I really want to say it's testament to the Shiprock family. And a lot of these people I've gotten to know now. Um, and, you know, some of them will even email me <laughs> trying to get bands on the on the cruise, which, you know, uh, listen, if you're out there right now, uh, I'd love to do it. But we've got so many slots <laughs> and we do the best we can. It's funny that like what you're saying is so true. Like I was going to use that analogy of what we always hear if we're in a room of the show that we booked, but that was me for you, right? So I was like, oh shit, I met the talent by you know, like I was that I was the guy in the band that said, this is the guy, you know, like in. But you guys were actually nice appreciation. Oh yeah, (laughs) just also another thing like you you deal with. But you did ask for some free drinks, so I don't know. I think we did too. We probably we (laughs) might have been like, hey, man, it's like, do you think we can get some extra beers? But uh, the you know the idea of us of that job, right? It's the least thanked job for a reason in our business, but it's the job that makes the whole rest of the business uh, work. Without a talent buyer and the many hats that we have to wear, the rest of the music business wouldn't really exist in 2021 in the way that it does because a live space well, people, is how anybody's earning, right? How many people have asked you, you know, like, what is it, talent buyer? What do you do? And, you know, when I describe it to people, the analogy I always use is imagine somebody putting a blindfold on you, handing you a grenade with the pin pulled out, putting you at the front door of a house you've never been in before, asking you to walk to the back door and then throwing shit in front of you as you're walking. That's what we do because you book the artist. I mean, we're going to book the lineup and Alan and I are almost done right now, but until that show plays in January of 2022, we don't know what the fuck's going to happen. And and you've got to be prepared for everything. So if you're not ready to shift and kind of like, you know, shuck and jive on your feet, band cancels. Somebody gets sick. Somebody throws a hissy fit because they don't have the room they want. Um, you know, backline gear. Whatever the hell it is, you know, you kind of a deal. One thing about the music business, it, it's definitely a, an amazing group of people we work with uh, collectively, managers, agents, artists, production people, on and on down the list. Um, promoters on and on and on down the list, but contract contracts are pieces of paper and the way the dynamic can change. It's not like you're building a house. You hire a contractor to do the plumbing and it's all on paper. He's going to fucking do your plumbing. And when you're done, you're done. I mean, all of a sudden we're getting asked to provide shit. We didn't know we were going to provide all of a sudden a band member changes, you know, shit. You, you just wake up and you're like, Oh, 
God, what's the, you're like excited for it, right? But at the same time, like the amount of like stress it's that kind you of masochistic. Yeah, it's, it's seriously. I mean, there's Never something wrong working. with us. Yeah, maybe we need therapy, Chad. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> that's what I think. What we why we do it is because we have an excuse, right? Yeah, we have an RV still, Chad. <laughs> right. <laughs> there is the business side of it, which can you know, it's business. Business is business. I mean, I've worked in the music industry since I got out of college, and even a little bit before. And was that fifty-seven or fifty-eight? Forty-three. But um, <laughs> but I mean, it's a lot of people. At least think you have hair. Well, yeah. I do. <laughs> Good Best hair too, Al. Need a haircut, but um, impressive. A lot of people think the music industry is this sexy, glamorous thing, and it's a business just like any other business. And you know, I mean, it, it has its ups and its downs and its frustrations and everything else. But let's fake. Let's be real. We get to play Santa Claus every year with a lineup. I mean, that's the, I mean, to me, that's the fun part. I mean, I, when I got into the music industry, I had this, I, well, first of all, I wanted to work in studios and then I got out of that. But then after that, I wanted to work in A&R because I was like, I, I think I have a pretty good sense of what really great music is. So I wanted to work in A&R. Never worked Does that music. matter? I, well, I don't know. <laughs> I could have a whole other conversation on that, but I wanted to work in A&R, but I never worked in a and I ended up being a manager and then went right, you know, from management into the cruises. And uh, it was the that's the best, the funnest part for me every year is getting to curate the lineup because I love music like our guests love music. And so and I know Roger does, too. And that's one of the one of the things that's fun with us is that we get to really, you know, we get to put together this amazing group of artists that perform for our guests every year. And I love when we try and out compete each other on a new band. Ah, I found this one out. Have you heard of it? And you'll go, yeah, I've heard, been listening to them for two I know, years. Hey, I have one this year that you've never heard of. Which one was that one? I can't Oh, tell you can't you. say. <laughs> Not on here. Tell me later which one that Although, was. Although, you know what? You had oh, one. I think, I think had, it's the one It's the one that's about to confirm today, right? I don't know. Are you telling me? <laughs> Although you did, you have one that is confirmed that I didn't know about before, too, this year. So. Oh, good, good, good. And that's the kind of fun. I mean, you guys that are watching this, the, I don't know, 12 people, is it? Al? Or, I don't know, Al's not on here. Um, no, that's like the kind of fun that we have. People watching, Justin? 15? Justin's watching. How many people are watching, Justin? I'm sorry, I was lost and I was sleeping. Justin's reading Moby Dick. Oh, Justin, that hurts, buddy. I love <laughs> no, it. Uh, yes, people oh. are watching and they're asking a lot of questions. So let's oh, get to okay. them, shall we? Yeah, good idea. All right. Yeah. Uh, listen, this is one question I think a lot of people have. Jason asks, how much did the pandemic play a role in booking bands this year? Good question. Good question. <clears throat> oh, fuck. You want uh, you know what? Do you want me to take it or do you want to take it out? I mean, I, I, I'll start and then you can go. I mean, the pandemic has affected everything. I mean, from land-based festivals to club dates to our cruises. And... How is it affected? I mean, there are some artists who are still apprehensive about getting on a cruise ship. Um, there are others who are all about, can't wait, you know, want to come and join us. There are others who, who probably, you know, they needed to learn a little bit first. Um, certainly it's easier for those bands, I think, who have done a cruise or have done ship rock in the past 
to 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 be willing to to come and join us, um, even in the midst of all the stuff that we've been going through. But I mean, a lot of it because so much was delayed. Not just the cruise, but I mean, their touring, their album release plans, their their festival performances and that sort of thing. So how has it affected us? I mean, I, I think in a, it, it affected us in a lot of different ways in that, um, you know, some of the bands that we wanted to book didn't want to do a cruise. They weren't ready yet. Weren't really sure what was going on in that time frame uh, because they were still working out, you know, other shows that they had booked prior that were being delayed. Um, you know, they were, they were, promotional things that they were working on that got pushed back. So I'm, I'm, I'm probably giving the whole answer here, Roger. Sorry. I mean, you can chime it's in. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll, I'll pose the next question to Roger. Okay. Fair enough. Just want to add one thing to Alan's comments. I think really what it could sum up what Alan said is there's a lot of uncertainty. Bands didn't know what they were doing, what they were going to be doing, um, how they felt about the safety and even from a perspective of what a band was worth in terms of paying them, it was hard because a lot of music got released during this pandemic, which was well received by the audiences or their fans. Um, but how do you define or, or, or quantify, I guess, um, has a band gone, gone, become more popular or less popular, stronger, weaker? And that, you know, that is also something that was tough. We, we were really a lot more uncertainty this year in terms of on our side and on the artist side of what we were doing. All right. Very good. Jason, I hope that helps you uh, get a little bit of understanding on that one. Next, I'm just going to write for all some of these questions while we have them. Is that cool with you guys? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Now, Steve Feller asked this question. It's a, it's a little long, so stay with me. Some years, Shiprock has had three headliners, and others we've had just one or two. I'm curious whether this is mostly driven by availability <laughs> or desire do you shoot for the top and then fill out below? So Roger and I both just... I'm going, hey, this is Roger my Roger and I class. both just smiled at the same time. <laughs> because... Hey, go ahead. there's two answers. There's the budget. Yeah. So if you if you spend a shit ton of money on one act, you may not have enough left. I didn't want... That was, that was asked in there. I did not want to bring... I didn't want to go to the money issue because that's oh, always well, the look, number one thing. That's right, what we'll there's, there's, it's the It's fair. I mean, look, everything... Okay. You know, budget is budget, but there's not only it's not just that it's, you know, availability sometimes it's, um, you know, people think that you can just go into the store like came, you know, go Kmart, like Target, and you just kind of pick the bands off the shelf. Well, you know, are they touring? Are they off cycle? Do they have a record out? Um, are they routed somewhere else? There's so many factors. We've had years where we've got the money to spend, but we can't find a band to book. Because there's just the stars aren't lining up. So yeah. a lot of it yeah. is budget, but then the other side of it is availability. There's a lot of variables. I mean, budget, availability. Do they want to do a cruise? You know, are they comfortable doing a cruise? There have been headliners we've had over the years that it took us several years to get them on board. Um, we've had to get a band member from the band to come on board as a side band. Maybe it's a small baby band that they have as a side project. So they can see what Chip Rock's all about and, and let everyone else know. Yeah, well, I I think everybody kind of figured that out. I mean, we had the members of Godsmack on, and and that mm -hmm. led to to getting those guys. But it really depends. I mean, it, there's a lot of variables. Budget, of course, is the biggest probably part of it all. 
but availability, are they, like Roger said, are they touring or are they, or are they, are they off cycle? Meaning are they between album projects, between tours? Um, do they want to do a cruise? Are they comfortable doing a cruise? Um, add all of that to the pandemic aspect of this year, you know, and, and there's a lot of things that come into play in terms of, you know, how does, what, what do our headliners look like? So, okay. So Justin mentioned the two, one, two, three, a lot of it depends on who the artist is, you know, there are, and this is that we get in a, there's a whole other side of this discussion, which I don't know that we necessarily need to touch on, although we could, um, and Alan, you kind of go between that every year too. Do we want the big one or do we want the three-headed monster? Well, I listen. I will. I, I've said this before. I think to to the guests in my Q and A on the ship, and, and I, it, you're right. It does depend um, on the year and depends on you know who are the artists that we're looking at. Do we want to spend up to get one bigger artist for the for the headliner, or do we want to take what we would think about spending at that point? and spread it out. I call it the Moneyball approach for those who haven't seen Moneyball. Yeah. It's about, you know, it's about well, and, and sometimes and sometimes that's not a decision that that actually Alan and I get to right. make. Sometimes right. it's a decision that's made for us based on availability. Right. So if for example, we can't find a headliner at a certain price point that would give us that that kind of one name on the top line, then we have to just divvy up that money between three acts and and create a top line that's um, that's multiple acts. Yeah. So it, it isn't always in our control. Well, and there's also a level of act that comes into play where if you have one act that is a clear, you know, headliner, uh, a clear headliner above everybody else who's under, that's one thing. Because one of the things that we get into every year is billing. Oh dear you, God! Please don't. No, I, I don't want to get. I don't want to get into the whole aspect of billing. <laughs> But Chad, I just saw Chad shut yeah. off his video. I was like, so yes. hold on one so second. Comfortable. Sometimes there are artists who feel that they should. I'm already checked in. I had to do Roger didn't mute his thing. Can we mute Roger? <laughs> but uh, sometimes there are artists who feel that they should be billed a certain way or billed uh, above or below or next to or whatever. And that's, that's an industry thing. And that's fine. I think billing is fine. I mean, look, bands want to position themselves every year that they're doing what they do so that they increase their marketability. They increase their stature, they increase their, their level. And, and that's fine. I mean, I, again, if I'm a manager and I have a band who's on the verge of a headline uh, for a festival or whatever, I'm going to push. I mean, I'm going to push for that artist to be billed above another artist or be billed on, on a certain line or to the left of a line or to the right of a line. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of that stuff that comes into play as we put lineups together. And that comes into play depending on who we book. So, I mean, if we have one or two or three artists, um, sometimes... You mean, like, you mean like this year? Uh, what? Yeah, I'm teasing. We have one or two or three <laughs> artists this year. You're right. You're correct. That's right. Exactly. I think we have nineteen. Seven? Nineteen booked. Yes, Four? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that uh, was kind of a Captain Ahab kind of thing you're doing. Arr, nineteen, maybe. But uh, anyway, it it really depends on who the artists are and and how many we have booked and what where they are in in terms of the billing uh, discussion. 
Because again, sometimes agents, managers, artists, they want to be billed a certain way above or next to, or, you know, so the one, two, three headliners, you know, it, it, from year to year, it depends on who the artists we are, who the artists we have booked are. And, you know, I mean, again, I, I take a money ball approach typically every year with, with how we book acts in that I would rather, we have a limited budget. I mean, that's the, the reality is I can only spend so much on talent every year, on artists every year. I could, I could go out and book Metallica tomorrow, but you all wouldn't be able to afford the cruise. So I mean, or, or many wouldn't, and that wouldn't be. Many possible. wouldn't, correct. I mean, it, it, you know, we want to provide who we think are the artists that our guests will love. And frankly, that can, they can afford because. You know, Alan, Alan maybe, this goes yeah, off. What's yeah, that? Sorry. No, 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 I was just going to say, you know, and it's interesting because we're really blessed and this is really an awesome thing that Shiprock will sell out before we even announce the lineup. So it's fun when Alan and I are doing the billing, we're actually booking for next year. And that's the cool thing about yeah. what we do, too. Um, I got a few more questions here before I have one of my own. I'm sure Chad probably has something. Um, I do. Yeah. Uh I'll answer this. Tim Taylor, yes, the stars are aligning for 2022, my friend. I assure you that. Um, this has nothing to do with the lineup, but it's something that you guys talk about finding new talent. Uh, Miranda want to know, does what new talent, doesn't have to be on the cruise, what new talent lately has both impressed you? That's good. I suck at names, but I've been listening, you know, I call Alan, I'll be at the gym working out and I'll be listening to Octane and they have the, um, what's that, that show they do on Octane where they have the new bands? Test drive. Yeah. Test drive. Mm, is it test, test drive? drive? Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever it is. And I'll hear for some reason, it happens to be every time I'm working out and I'll be texting Alan uh screenshots on my phone this band really is great you need to listen to them so you know again thank you octane for that um but we also find them sometimes through um our agents will send us little little snippets on acts like they did with wilson and um and that's how we'll discover and i know that wasn't the question i like this this kid I love the way musical genres are interchanging today and you'll see, you know, rap with rock and rock with, you know, there's just all this mixing. And every time somebody asks, will comment to me that, you know, Hey, what's a good rock band. I don't really care about genres anymore. I just think it's, if it's good music and I know Alan says we're a rock cruise and we are, but you know, what exactly is rock? I mean, I just, if it's good and it's high energy and it just makes you you feel good, I guess. Um, to me, I like it. And uh, there's a kid that's doing, they did a Papa Roach remix. What's his name? Uh, Alan, I keep asking you about him. And um, that's not to say he's going to be on new? ship. Yeah. And it's not to say he's going to be on because. No, this has nothing to do with no, just, just personal preferences right now. Yeah. Roger. Yeah. I, I mean, I like that kid. And Maybe it's because I like the way that there's a lot of promotion going on about him. Um, but I, I'm really going to defer to Alan because one of the worst things is, is I 
fucking my memory is going with names, and especially after drinking this whole glass of bourbon. <laughs> no, it's the bourbon. Bourbon, bourbon, bourbon you say? Yeah, I really like you, this bud? new bit. I really like this fan Wilson that's coming up. Great. <laughs> Check him out. I will say, I, Justin, to answer the question, um, every year on Shiprock for the last, I don't know how many years, there's always a band for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I booked sure. a few bands for me. Wilson was a for me band that year, the first year we booked him. And so uh, there have been a few for me bands over the early years of Shiprock. In this moment was one of my for me bands. Um, gosh, we've had we've had several over the years. Let me pull up the Shiprock past. Bad Flower was a for me band. Bad, All right, while you do that, let me get on. Let me get on to the next question. While you, while right. you do search real now. quick, Justin, is Jarris Johnson? Yes. Is that what you're referring Correct. to, Roger? Correct. Yeah. Yes, Correct. I really like him. I think he's good. A lot of the Shiprockers already were way ahead, so they they've kind of on this. They guys uh, again, they they're very musically knowledgeable, so it's always great yes. benefit to have them. Um, Tough wants to know. You can answer this yes, uh, yes or no. Who reaches out to who? Agents reach out both. to you. You guys reach out both. to them. It goes both ways. Goes both Art. ways. That's all we need. That's the, that's the only answer we need. It goes both ways. Just depends. Um, let's see. Meet and greets. Obviously, we won't know anything until we get closer to what's going on with Carnival and CDC. So that's kind of one of those questions. That's a wait and see. Yeah. Um, as soon oh, as also, know, by the way, as soon as we know, we'll let the guests know. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Bumblefoot, so much right now. Bumble, Bumblefoot don't. says hello to you guys. Hello, he's, Bumblefoot. he's watching hey. tonight. He's Love watching it. tonight. So, anyway, uh, Chad, let's get you in here, buddy. I know you got some questions. Mine, mine is a little bit weird because it kind of has something to do with Shiprock, but it doesn't. It mostly has something to do with Roger and um, uh, Kaboo. I went to Kaboo. You, you buy for Kaboo. Uh, you, you put on and curate that event with, I would assume. The other, the other um, uh, Allens that are down there at the, at the festival. Yeah, I had one of the one of the better on-site festival experiences for myself going there, and that was because uh, it was more than just the music. It felt like everywhere I would go, yeah. I was another installation, another thing for me to particular potentially participate in or see something I didn't see before. Do you see that that that's becoming more of a trend now? How do you feel about it? Are you involved well, with that curation? Yeah. And also, yeah. do you think that they can work on the ships? Yes. As a matter of fact, it's that's a good question. And and I love that. Thanks, Chad. Um, you know, when, when Caboose started, I was the third person in on that back about, uh, God, it has to be probably with COVID now, it's six or seven years ago. And, you know, it didn't happen, obviously, in 2020 and 21 is going to be an off year and we're hoping 22 comes back. Um, the whole concept was that you looked at festivals as a whole and they were catering to a demographic that was really sub 30 um, for the most part. And and most of those people, which are great, didn't really give a shit about, you know, how much shade you had, um, some of the amenities and other things. Look, I'm 56 years old. I love music, um, but I'm sorry. There's just certain events I, I don't want to go to because I just don't want to be in that environment anymore. Um, nothing wrong with it. Uh, I think it's great. My daughter loves it, but just not for me right now. You know, it's a difference between, look, when we were in high school, there was a certain car we had. And then you get a little older, you get a job, you get a family and you need a certain other other things. 
So it was our concept to try and create that. And earlier we talked about curation of a lineup and billing and the threads that go through. Uh, the One of the best moments in my life and career uh, was, you know, I, I do this because back in the day I used to do, you know, play also. And I didn't really get off on the adulation. You know, I don't really, there's certain people who feed off of that love that comes from the audience. It, it kind of embarrasses me. And I like to be behind the scenes. I much prefer it. And um, and so at Kaboo the first year, I remember we had the killers and I sat there on stage looking out and I knew that I had a little part in making, you know, 30,000 people really happy and forget about whatever their problems were for even a little bit of time. And there's something about that that truly, I mean, it, I can feel, you know, my eyes welling up right now. And I mean that. And, you know, and that's the thing with Shiprock very much. And I love Alan and I tell him every year and it's not, you know, he's become much more than a client to me. He's my friend. I love him very much. And um, I'm so proud of what he does. And it's not just the curation. It's the experience. If you guys, I know most of you that are, if you're part of the Shiprock family, know how much he cares about you. But whatever you think he cares about, you probably double it. Okay. And I know that. And that's something that I'm honored, humbled, and grateful to be part of. So to kind of speak to your question about Kaboo, you know, I think we started a little bit of a trend and you saw it happening after that, where festivals started to cater to people who were 40 and 35 and 50 and, you know, that still had expendable income and wanted to go to that. And one thing I think we're still falling short of the amenities are there, the activations are there, but something that, and ask Alan, I talked to him about this a few times. I wanted to bring him on board on Kaboo to teach them how to um, create the interactive participatory. When I walk into Shiprock, okay, and I'm the talent buyer, okay, it's like all of a sudden I got people at the door who are greeting me, handing me shit. I feel like I've walked into Disneyland festivals cruises everyone else could get a lesson from what disneyland is disneyland forget some of the theme parks because what they do you walk in that door they greet you they make you feel welcome there are activities and experiences that you can or cannot you, you can choose to participate in and it's an experience from the minute you walk on to the minute you walk off it feels more like a meld of theme park corporate event and festival. And, you know, Kaboo did a really good job and does a really good job of that. Um, I wanted to try and, and we will hopefully take it even to another level where we can bring in some of what Alan's done with Shiprock, where there's an interactive part of it, where there is, you know, we did the meet and greets, but how about the Q and A's? How about some of that stuff where, you know, I mean, I love every year I look forward to ask Alan, I, I look so forward to what Alan's theme will be, whether it's Star Wars or the Wild West, or like we did with uh, New Orleans. And I mean, that is so much fun. I mean, the music is great, but then to package it like that, just really, you know, sorry, maybe it's because I'm old and turning into Oprah Winfrey. Um, I'm just so humbled and grateful to be part of that. And if I won the lottery tomorrow, I would do this for free just because I really, truly love doing Shiprock. Yeah, don't tell me you'll do it for free, Roger. That's not a good thing. You said you'd pay me more, so we'll just cancel <laughs> each other out. Okay? okay. All right. 
deal. Thank you for that answer. Thank you for taking the time to really explain. You know, Chad, it, I started to weld up as well. So it, it, you, I, I know it. you. You know what? I saw it in your face, and I think any of us that are within the industry, we want it to be more than just something that's, um, you know, book a band, sell a ticket, do a show. Um, yeah. you know, I, 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 I was, at, let me speak to Kaboo. I went to Kaboo in Dallas the first mm-hmm. year. I think it was there. One, I, honestly, I, I thought it was a great festival. I mean, I, I thought the, the way it was laid out, everything was great. And and the lineup was amazing because Roger booked it. But um, it's, you true. know, Alan, can I say one thing? Because I didn't I apologize when Chad said, you know, one of the threads, the thing that I loved about Kaboo and the thing I was going to say that was the highlight of my life uh, booking was Dave Grohl came up to me and I thought he was pissed off. His manager said they wouldn't go on until he talked to me. And so he, he, I said, dude, I don't want to meet him. I'm shy. I don't want to meet Dave Grohl. Um, it's not that I don't like him. It's just, he, you know, who am I to Dave Grohl, right? And, and he said, well, if you don't meet him, they're not going on stage. So I wound up meeting this guy. He grabs me by the shoulders and he says, did you book this festival? <laughs> and I'm thinking he's going to yell at me or be mad at me about something. And he says, I said, yes. He goes, did you book the zombies? You know, which is a pop band from the sixties. And I said, yes. And he said, well, I just want you to know that I cried when I watched their show. And that is the truly I could die tomorrow. And as far as my career goes, forget personal, that is a high point in my life. He's a good man. And, and he appreciates the history of music and the way you can, and that's what I loved about Kaboo is that I could do the threading, like you said, where you take a band from 40 years ago and you put them on a festival and it links to a band that's from today. And that was something that I really enjoy and I hope to be able to do more of because I think if you really love music, like I'm a Harley guy, I want to know the history of Harley Davidson and why it's still here. The fact that Italy, a company, a bowling ball company from Italy called AMF, ran it for the 70s, you know, and saved it is important to me. You can't call yourself a Harley guy and not know that shit and really believe it. Otherwise, if you're just buying a Harley and going out and putting on leathers and going riding, you're just a fake. So if you love music, you should really investigate where some of your heroes, you know, get influenced and why they're there. And then we get to do that we get to book those bands and educate people we have a philosophy in madison entertainment which is my company which is i call it the three e's educate entertain and evolve and that's what shiprocked and allen does and i think that's why i love doing it so much we educate entertain and evolve or entertain educate and evolve i don't care what order you put them in it's great. Well, and, and the I, fans I, are smart. I think I, what you do with Kaboo and what you do with Shiprock is, is great because you're right. I mean, and I think when you cut down to it, you and I love music. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the best part. That's the whole, it, it, you go to the core, most singular part of everything that we do. So you and I love music. And, and we know that, the guests of Kaboo, the guests of Shiprock, the guests of, I mean, even the other clubs that you book. By the way, t- Roger, how many times have you won Small Club Talent Buyer of the Year Award? Um, two or three times. Hey. But it's not a, it's not it a big deal. deal. It is a big you deal. You know, it's, it's, for me, it's not. I mean, honestly, 
I'm just grateful that I can do this. And it's not bullshit. I say that. And, you know, and right now, Alan knows it's been a trying time through this COVID stuff when you're a small business and you're independent. And Alan is also, and you guys need to know, Alan has really struggled to keep this thing going and make sure his employees and his people are taken care of. And I've tried to do the same thing on my end. And, you know, it's been difficult. But, you know, Alan, we do love music, but, you know, we also love people. Yeah. And we love the people who get on Shiprock and the people who go into the Coach House, which is a 500 club, it's a cap club that I've been booking for 32 years. Yeah. And and we love, you know, because it allows us to do what we do. I mean, what else? Would, hey, Al, what would we be doing if we weren't doing have, this, right? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I would probably be doing construction somewhere. <laughs> I mean, listen, we're blessed to be able to do what we do. And we're blessed to be able to make a living doing it. It's been challenging over the last couple of years, obviously, with everything that's going on. But we love music. And how much fucking fun is it to put together a lineup every year of of music that we love, that we know the people that go on our cruise are going to love? And uh, anyway, it's, it's, you know, I love hearing that girl story. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it it was really moving. And, And, you know, we get to meet some of these people sometimes. And you know, sometimes the experiences are are good and sometimes they're not so good. <laughs> but I will tell you, when you do meet, you know, you know, honestly, you know, when you meet people like I will tell you, Dave Grohl gets on stage and I don't know him. He's not my friend. I can't tell you. I hang out with the guy, but I believe he gets on stage every day and is grateful for the opportunity to do so and enjoys it. And, you know, that was something special also about Chad and the Wilson guys. And, you know, for Alan and I, I think that probably sometimes when we see that, it means more to us, a lot more to us than when we see a band that gets on and just kind of feels entitled. Um, And that happens too sometimes. And uh, so, you know, thanks for that, Chad, you know, because it reinvigorates me. I know that. And, uh, you know, it's like even when we did Bad Flower and Shiprock, that was a favor for a buddy of mine, too. And I liked them a lot. And I can tell you, I've gotten to meet those guys and uh, they've had their own, you know, individual personal challenges in life. And and it's nice to see them seeing some success now and and having been a part early on of, of giving them an opportunity to get on stage. So there's so much that we get to do and you know the thing i keep saying is get to in air quotes here and it's true we get to do this it's we get to go we get to go we get to book (laughs) we get to fucking meet chad roger if you Um, don't know that's the one of the number one well there's two questions that we get at ask for every year is that all you do and do you get to go those are the two (laughs) questions is that all you do yeah you but what they don't know, but what they don't know, Alan, is how many that I get to go to that I don't want to go to. Right. <laughs> but the truth of it is, and this is the coolest part, is that I go and enjoy going and get to go and want to go because you know, yes, the bands are great, but you know, you and I, Alan, all of us on this call, we can go see those bands anywhere a lot of times. And that's great. I'm grateful for that. Yeah, but nothing but, beats seeing them on the deck of a oh, ship. It doesn't. Beyond of that, you're yeah. right. But yeah. beyond that, getting to see them with the Shiprock family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With well, I mean, and that's the thing. 
everything about Shiprock is, and I, 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 I'll start crying if I think about it too much, but it's like, I, I'm truly blessed to be able to do what I do because I get to book bands that I love for people who love music like I do and bands who love to perform. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I, we talked about, you know, we don't book bands that suck live and sorry, my clock's going off here, but I, I love to book bands who love to perform and bands who love playing and love music as much as we do. I think that's one of the things that really makes it work is that we have people who love music, putting it together, people who love music, performing the music and people who love list music, listening to the music. You know, I, mean, I think I, we should stop there. Okay. That was like the perfect, like, summary yeah let's stop there so i can get a question in um (laughs) anywho uh i'll listen i'll concur you did not say anywho did you hey man i'm 54 years old dude i got the language bro (laughs) (laughs) you should be on i'm a a post-war baby (laughs) (laughs) anyway hey listen real quick i will concur with Grohl. if i could see time of the season live just that one song i'd I'd be solid. Anyway, my question is this, and it goes back to kind of what your interaction between Grohl re- regarding the zombies. How do you guys and talk about evolving the crews and the lineup and how we started? The origin was kind of like more of Damn, a, that's a long guess, legacy rock, <laughs> le- heritage rock, and now towards more modern. How do you guys sometimes split the difference between having new bands or bands that are still within, uh, let's say, a decade of being uh, around and finding those bands that are a little bit older, how do you split that difference? How do you decide, hey, these guys would really be a favorite for our ship rockers? They're a little, they're they're kind of out of what we're looking for right now, but they'll work. How do you guys make those decisions? Alan, I mean, it's it's such it's such. I mean, that's like so many of these questions are not simple answers because you know you look at it and I mean you know we're looking at one this year that that is a little bit of a, uh, uh, an act from a few years ago. And I think the big thing is, was it legit? You know, was there credibility? Did it influence stuff moving forward? You know, was it just kind of a, uh, an act that lucked out and had a good song and they played on the radio and they weren't very good live? Maybe that's not what we're looking for. We're looking at something that was legit, um, meaningful, made a difference, uh, affected music uh, in a way, uh, at least made their mark and it was authentic. At least that's what I look for. Um, and and again, it goes back to and still does a great live show. And, you know, one of those that we've had on a few times, Living Color, I think is one that definitely points to that. Uh, Candle Box, another one. Uh, and it's interesting because music has, the industry and music has evolved the guys that are on this, all of us on this call, and I wouldn't doubt the Shiprock audience knows how much music has changed from the eighties, seventies, sixties to today, whether it's radio, whether it's how people consume music, uh, discover artists on and on and on. And, you know, a lot, uh, you know, let's call it in the seventies and eighties, the DJs were the curators and we had a lot of local programming and local DJs that really helped us discover music. Today, that's just not how it works. Um, what I love, though, is that when I was a kid growing up in the 70s, I could turn on my FM radio, which was at the time FM was taking over from AM. And, you know, it was a wide open format. And uh, DJs really had their way with what they could do. And you could really listen 
I mean, I remember being a kid listening to everything from country to disco to rock to southern rock to metal in one hour on one station. I think that was really good because it allowed me to have a more evolved musical palette. And then additionally, as an artist, and I also played, it allowed you to draw upon those different influences when you were creating music. Uh, we went through a period of, I'm sorry if I call it the dark ages, but where music and radio got real corporate and formats got very narrow. And so like, if you were listening to music in the early 2000s on K-Rock in LA, you might listen to Linkin Park and 20 other bands that sounded pretty much identical to Linkin Park. Mm -hmm. And that was what you listened to. And if that was your peer group, that's all you heard. Now these people from that time are 40 and trying to feed them diversity and you know i can see you nodding your head chad um they just don't get a lot of different genres and because that's what they grew up on so that's what they imagine growing up eating nothing but hamburgers for 20 years you know and then you're trying to give somebody sushi it's pretty freaking hard um yeah. now what i'm finding my daughter's 25 and she's listening to everything from country to metal you know she can listen to everything from taylor swift to bring me the horizon to you name it, it it really doesn't matter, everything in between. And they can they can all like it. So I think that it's really helpful not only for the consumer of music, but the creator of music. And I think if we're being honest and we're listening to music, we're seeing the influence of so many different genres. And that excites me even at my age now. Yeah, Spotify has definitely opened up that door to where people don't have to run out. I mean, we used to buy, I like what I like because I have to pay for this fucking thing. Now yeah, it's just like click on something and go, okay, I'll check that out. Um, Alan, real quick on your answer because we got one last question and then we want to do Walk the Plank with you too. So the, uh, back to, Rod, to the original question, which is that, you know, older acts. I mean, yes, we've had everything from filter, fuel, candle box, living color, helmet. Um, I mean, I... I love those bands. Roger loves those bands. We know that a lot of our guests love those bands. So, I mean, you know, again, and it, and it factors into the other thing we said earlier, which is who's willing to play a cruise, who's willing to, to come out and be on a ship with all with fans and who's willing to, to, uh, who has the time, who has, you know, who's still together, who's still together. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, we've, you know, yeah. <laughs> we've had a lot of those, le what we call legacy acts over the years. Mm -hmm. And uh, those are important to me because, again, I my philosophy with Shipwreck has been that I'm not beholden to subgenre or generation in terms of great rock music. Mm -hmm. I I will tell you, I went I went and saw Jane's Addiction and Living Color in 1989, and to this day, it was one of the most impactful shows for me as just a person in in my love of music. And the fact that I've I've been lucky enough to have Living Color on Shiprock for three years, I think blows my mind as, as just a, an avid lover of music and they're great guys too. That's the other thing. It's like, you know, you, 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 you listen as a fan sometimes and then you get to the opportunity to meet them and really get to know them a little bit. And, you know, the guys in Little color are amazing and all of them are, I mean, Paige from helmet and, and uh, Kevin and all the guys from Candlebox and everybody that Richard from filter. I mean, all the guys that we've had that I've had the opportunity to meet and get to know a little bit. Um, those are all bands who love music and 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 love performing and and that's a big part again it goes back to what we said earlier we want to find bands that love performing and love music and and, and you know, performing for their fans um 
I think the legacy thing with Shiprock will always be there. I mean, and again, we've been doing this. This is what our 12th cruise coming up or 13th. Crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I, I think it would be 13 if we didn't miss, uh, if we didn't. We had miss 21, right? Yeah. If I, we, we weren't were joking, we were joking earlier, Roger and I were joking earlier about like, okay, what if we have to refer to past lineups? How do we know? <laughs> and the answer is, the answer is we don't because even I, I've been doing this for however many years I've been doing it now. I still have to go to our website to look at past lineups to remember who we had from year to year. <laughs> Because it's all it all runs together in my head. I know it does in Rogers too. Oh but, my god, uh, that's crazy. I think I think the legacy act, you know, thing with Shiprock will always be a part of it because hard rock music's been around a long time. Yeah. I, I don't want to leave anybody out that that I think our guests would enjoy seeing. I mean, obviously there's some that we may not, you know, be able to book or or it's unrealistic in terms of budget or whatever. But um, but I, I think you know we've had a we've had a number of great acts over the years who who span back you know into the 80s or the 90s or whatever and and I don't think that'll stop. I mean I think we'll always try to have that element as part of what we do. Well, I think part of it too is, is someone that's been involved for a while is you want to bring on new acts because either you like them or you want to expand people's palettes. You're here to they trust the trust is immense that you 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 were offered from ship rockers the trust that they're going to bring a good acts we but it's also too is like you know you and, we're going to bring on bands we, yeah i think it's also too about bringing on bands you know everyone likes and you know you in some days you just got to give people what they combination. want combination right? yeah yeah combination okay one last question before we do walk the plank um cuz we've had you guys for a long time um we have all seen yeah, i'm ridiculous. getting told to move my rv are you <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, this is going to be quick. So just let you don't have to name names. Just make it like the silliest thing. We've all seen incredibly ridiculous riders. And Jason wanted to know what's the most incredible rider you've ever seen. Like not incredible, like most ridiculous where you just went, oh, my God. What writer, was the item? Mean, def, what do you mean writer? The writer. Let's say they're catering writer. writer. They're, like, yeah. Hey, oh, you know, writer, the, the Van Halen, writer, the Van Halen, no brown M&Ms thing. I don't think we've ever had anything really weird. To be honest. I'm trying to think. I'm even trying to think of back, you know, beyond Shiprock to like some of the festival stuff. Um, well, you know, let's just stick with Shiprock. That way we can, uh, we can, we can. Okay. I, I don't think we have you can park. Yeah, you not can really. Park. Yeah, we are we really, Nothing? you know, I think everyone's I think been become, you know, Justin, the one thing I'll say to that is, you know, that whole M&M's thing, which is famous. Sure. The tour manager for that, the production manager for that, um, I got to meet. And you know why that was on there, right? That see was on there. See to if make, they're paying attention, man. See yeah. if they read the rider. Oh yeah, dude. And, and, was uh, that and, Noel Monk? And, uh, no, I that was I can't remember. I'm sorry, but it 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 was that was Van Halen, right? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was Stuart Ross, but I can't remember. I can't remember. Maybe it was. All I right. Don't know. So but basically, bottom line is that's what it was. We've we've been the artists have been obviously very understanding that we're we're very limited in what we are the capacity and this hey you know there's food on the boat a lot of it avocados avocados they're, <laughs> they're real, a lot there harder go. to find them when somebody's spoken, asking for them spoken <laughs> like a true East Coast Detroit boy well I mean right. let's, let's, let's talk about the riders guess, yeah, right. so we've not necessarily <laughs> had anything weird on Shiprock in the past but. Like Roger said, there was a reason for that. And from what I understand is it, DLR, David Lee Roth, claimed to have, have come up with the idea of the brown M&M because if they were 
if you as a promoter or or someone that you're, you know the band was booking with looked at their rider and saw that you had to remove the M&Ms or whatever, if they would get to the venue and they saw that they had this big bowl of M&Ms minus the brown ones, then they knew that the that the promoter had read the rider and that chances are everything else, the important stuff, the production um, was probably good to go. And, and I get that. We I actually, when I was in management and we managed an artist and we had in our rider a candy bar that no longer existed. You, you used to be able to get it. And if you Googled it, you could find it, but you couldn't go out anywhere and buy it. And so we put that candy bar in the rider and we knew. Hold on, Alan. Did yeah. you, there was Google when you were managing bands? Well, I, it's whatever it was. Netscape. <laughs> I don't know what it was. <laughs> But um, GeoCities. Yeah, GeoCities. <laughs> so we, we knew what well, we knew when we would get the call from a promoter to say, hey, we can't find this candy bar. We knew when we got that call that they had read the writer and that the likelihood was that everything else that we really needed would be taken care of. So, I mean, the Van Halen story is funny because it sounds all. It sounds but do you weird. know how much? Do you know how much shit you put us through to find that fucker for like yeah, days you know what, no, until we made that call? But the point is, is that as a manager, <laughs> we knew that you read the writer and that was the important part because. Yeah, but how about the two days looking for the fucking candy bar? Because if you spent two days looking for a candy bar, we knew that that everything else that was truly important would be correct. And yeah, the right. rigging points weren't off. Jeez, yeah, the, yeah. Exactly. It was like super important. When, it's a trick, and and I get sense. it. Yeah, it makes total sense, and and I respect it as as a former manager. It's a total hassle for promoters. You yeah. know, thankfully we've not had anything really weird like that. And artists who are booked for 2022 don't get any ideas. But uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's Coors Light and Coors Light only. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there are only certain beverages. Coors, it's yeah. Coors Medium Light. Yeah. Enjoy your screwball. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. When, uh, real quick before we get to the first time, I, my first Mark job. And well, I'll tell you in a second. You first, The first job I ever had in this business was as, as a runner. And my first artist was a heritage artist. He's part of a vocal harmony group. <laughs> Steals and young and uh he wanted a certain tooth comb fine tooth comb it had to be a certain like the the, the tooth had to be a certain length from each other for his hair yeah that was a joy to find so, <laughs> I was, uh, you know what i hang on back up so there was one year where we had an artist who had a very and i think justin were you involved in this or i don't remember there was one artist who had a very specific energy bar I think you were in just weren't you involved in this, Justin? You go out and try to yeah, find uh, in Miami. Yes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. So we had yeah. one year that had a very specific energy bar that was required as part of their rider. It was the flavor of Cliff Bar that we couldn't find. Bar. And I yeah, think I, Justin, Justin, God bless him, went out and I think you found the fucking thing. You know, I didn't realize there's that many Walmarts in Miami. <laughs> I think Justin went out and found the damn energy bar and so yeah. we were able to comply. That, that's probably the weirdest, most specific thing we've had with, with yeah. Chip Rock. And yeah, so basically pre-cruise. All right, walk the plank so everybody can get rolling here. Walk the plank, Roger, is we ask a question of you that has really nothing to do with music or anything. It's just a random question. You just give your answer. It could be anything. We do have a list of them, though, but sometimes we just kind of pull one out of our or hide. 
Um, usually one for myself, one from Chad, and one from uh, one of the ship rockers. But tonight we're just gonna we're gonna pose one question to each of you uh, separately. So Chad, you want to pose one to Roger? Yeah, sure. Uh, are we doing the same question to Roger and then to, to Alan? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, Roger, if you owned a boat, specifically a c- cruise boat, what would you name it? Was your boat named? Your speedboat? No, no, no. Um, shit. Oh, damn it. Fuck, dude. <laughs> dude, fuck, dude. Oh, fuck, dude. Fuck, dude. Fuck, dude. Fuck, dude. Fuck, comma, dude. Doesn't sound as bad then. Fuck, dude. I like it. Yeah. Good name. Oh, great. Uh, How about you, Alan? What would you know? I, I, he I, has awesome. one. I have a boat. It's not a cruise ship. Okay. Well, Ryan, actually, Wasn't there a Ryan, name? No, no. Um, so, Roger and I, Roger and I, one of the things we share a love of is our RVs. <laughs> Our, uh, Roger's in his. I don't have mine yet, but it's coming soon. And uh, we both love boats. And uh, Roger had a speedboat for a minute, and I have I have a boat out on a lake. And my son named our boat, so I actually have a name, which is Not Yours. That's <laughs> right, Not Yours. That's right. And yeah, apostrophe yacht yours. And apostrophe yacht. Got it. So uh, would you carry my, that on to a cruise uh, liner? Um, why not? I mean, if you, if you're lucky enough to own a big ass ship, why would you yeah. not call it not yours? Right. I, I, I think it's great. Right. All right. <laughs> My question is awesome. this, uh, Roger, what do you cl- complain about more than anything else? Relative to the industry or relative to my your life, your life. <laughs> not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have another two hours. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, is this PG or is this sensitive? No, Dude, no. You, you want to. Yeah. What do I complain about most? I, I think am- I think there's a shortage of uh, humility and gratitude in the world. I'm sorry to be serious, but I think that that is truly what I complain well, about. Well, I didn't offer the most non-serious question of all time. So, yeah, it probably deserves a serious answer. So thank you. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. I, was hey, say- I, I do want to say one thing to end this. And I know I mentioned it earlier. Truly. I thanks for letting me do this. I enjoyed it. I enjoy being able to, um, to share with, with you guys and people how much I enjoy doing this and, and how grateful I am to have come into Alan, both as a human being, he's become my friend and also just what he does is special. And I've been doing this 30, a long fucking time. And I know Alan doesn't, I don't think he believes me, but what he does is special. He's a special guy. And you guys in the Shiprock family, whatever you think, whatever you fucking think he cares about, you double it. I mean, it just is what it is. And Alan, I mean it, buddy. Thank you. Grateful. Man, we have more Brian song moments on this damn podcast. (laughs) Well, that's a good thing. I, that should tell you something, buddy. I think that's the authenticity and what it, is, it is, man. Listen, you know? I think last time we were on this, Justin, we were doing some. Justin, sort of, how long have we known each other? I still want my fucking other pair of that those monster shorts that you gave me about fucking ten years ago. And do you think I no. still work with them? <laughs> no. But you got no. the shorts. But I'll put in a special request for you, buddy. Those gym shorts. They Jesus Christ, awesome. dude! I'll go. You I'll know, go get you some champions. They were my Kmart. They were my jammies. 
they were my jammies for three years until they wore out. <laughs> God, now I know what you sleep in. Shit. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that going to make it special tonight? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Alan, what was your thing that you complained about the most? Uh, <laughs> I mean, did I complain about the most? I don't know. You know what's funny is that we meet all. We almost need McManus in here to because he probably knows more than I do what I'm complaining <laughs> about the most. But uh, I don't know what Roger he complains about you complaining. Right, right. Things not going fast enough. You know, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Things not. Things not like. Okay. Fine. Lineup. I would have liked to have had our lineup two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean these guys can't give us an answer until next week? What the hell? Well, that's why I hired you, though. I mean, that's the thing. It's oh, like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, listen, yeah. going Let me back just to the, get it. Going back to the beginning it. of the conversation, I was a manager for a long time, and I made the mistake of being in the manager mindset as a buyer. And Roger came along and he said, I'm going to teach you how to say no. And, <laughs> and thankfully, he did. And, uh, but I still have that mindset of like, why, like, get this done. You know, Alan, I don't like saying no. And a long time ago, an agent who's become a dear friend told me we have one, one tool at our disposal, truly. And that's no. Yeah. You know, and, and the problem is, is that we want, you know, these lineups and these bands to play these cruises to entertain our customers and to, because we love them. Um, and we think they're great for what we do. And, and it's like anything else, you know, that's the hardest thing to do is say no. Sometimes we can have, have, have an entire conversation of, oh, hour yeah. of no, of no. Yeah. All right. And it's hard, man. We will save that for round two. Yes. Uh, Justin's like, on that. no. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Hey, I'm, I'm using the power of no right now. I, no. Like, I, I, don't, I don't even know how to answer the question, Justin. I mean, the thing that, what was the question? <laughs> what do you complain no. about? Yeah, what do you complain about most? But that they don't make bigger also, bourbon glasses. I don't, what? Right, what right, I have uh, small bourbon <laughs> glasses. Um, Mine was big. <laughs> I, right now, what I complain about the most is fucking covid Just, all right it's done move done. on next all right we're done all right listen everyone guys roger alan thank you so much for for you for, guys never told me this was going to be a two-hour thing well, it never usually is <laughs> you guys just you guys decided to read the odyssey to us um so yeah so anyway, so listen, thank you again. This would be this would be actually be a great and Zito brought this up. This would be a great topic for Clubhouse. This is that that's the perfect forum for oh, this yeah. kind of discussion. Wait, but tonight's been wonderful. Clubhouse? What's that? People do Clubhouse? They still do, I believe it still still lives. I'm, I'm listen, thank you everyone tonight who who asked questions and 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 joined us tonight on this last minute decision to do this live. Roger and Alan, thank you for giving answers. I hope this answered a lot of questions, guys, that you maybe had and now they kind of give you a, a more perspective on how this happens but uh, the, the the lineups at 19 so we're going for the big yeah we're there uh, let's go we'll go for 20 21 and we'll get it out to you guys okay so chad and justin thank you. it's good to see you guys brothers yeah. thank you man safe travels very, very safe very travels good. have hang on thank you. one last thing 
right. we have, I think, one of the coolest lineups we've had in a while. Agreed. Agreed. No? Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I, let's I'm, put it I'm, this way. If you're going, you're going to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to, you're not. Eric, fuck you. Yeah. yeah go anyway. No, it will there ain't no relaxing down. on this pup. Listen, no, the lineup guys so far, listen, I'm privy to what's going on with it. The lineup is fucking astounding. And I think everyone's going to love it. And they're going to, it's, it's really, it's, it's kind of like you guys waited a long time and we're real loyal to the crews going through this with us. This is going to be a, I'm not saying it's payback or great, you know, but this is a gift, but it's going to be, be fucking fine. worth your wait. It's worth the wait. I'm excited about it. I mean, this is, yeah, I'm, absolutely. I, what's funny is I thought the 2020 lineup was one of the, one of the funnest, mm-hmm. greatest lineups we've had. I still think it, I, I still think that 21 is even better <laughs> or 2021. 20, we'll call it 20. Yeah, 20, 21. Now, is Chad, I have a question for you, Chad. Are we going to see, are we going to see a Wilson reunion? Ah, uh, I don't know. Now, see, Roger, you we know the floodgates. You've opened the floodgates. We know. Dude. I know. I know. I was uninte- it was intentional. And I think I know where that reunion will take place. If, you know. when. The question is when. I think you know as well, too. <laughs> some, 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 <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, like, hang on. Because yeah. now everybody and their fucking dog is going to think that we have Wilson reunion on Chipotle. Alan, Alan, you know we need to leave this on the cliff. You're right. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.